0: Hello and welcome to IRI Growth Insights C-Suite Conversations. I'm your host, John McIndoe, Chief Marketing Officer here at IRI. IRI integrates big data, predictive analytics, and forward-looking insights to help companies in the CPG retail, healthcare, and media markets grow their businesses. We also share our thought leadership with the industry at large, with the goal of addressing and tackling key challenges within our industry. Our special C-Suite Conversations series features notable leaders talking about the future of CBG and retail. In this special episode, we're joined today by Tom McGuff, Executive Vice President and Co-Chief Operating Officer for ConAgra Brands, where he oversees refrigerated and frozen, grocery and snacks, food service, and international operating segments. Tom, I'm not sure what part of the business your scope doesn't cover. Um, Tom joined ConAgra in 2007, but is a 30-year veteran of the branded food business. Even with 30 years experience, Tom hasn't seen anything quite like this pandemic. As we look to our post-pandemic world, we're going to look to Tom for some insights into ConAgra's unique approach to innovation and how the company has kept its new product momentum going during this very challenging time. Leading the conversation today with Tom is IRI's president and CEO, Andrew Appel. Andrew, with that, I'm delighted to pass it over to you.
1: Thanks, John. And Tom, thanks very much for uh, spending a little bit of time with us. I know this is a busy uh, time of the year, but I think it seems like all of them are busy times of the year these days. So thank you.
2: Well, Andrew, certainly appreciate the opportunity.
1: Let's start with um, a few softball questions to get a feel for how you're feeling about the uh, the end of the challenging year, you've gone from, uh, from what I understand, road warrior to being grounded. How has that adjustment to virtual um, been? So for example, do you change your uh, Zoom background, which by the way, I haven't really figured out how to do, or I've tried a couple of times with a lot of success.
2: Well, uh, you know, I can think of that in a couple of different ways. First, personally, um, you know, it's been a, uh, at ConAgra, we've invested five years to transform the company. And I have to say that uh, in March, when you're forced to slow down, you recognize how much you've been doing. And uh, in some regards, that was, um, you know, personally refreshing, being able to have a break in the routine. But what we all recognize is there's really no break in um, the work that we have to do. And we've, um, I'd say, pretty effectively transitioned to the virtual environment. Um, it's easy, it's, I don't think it's an understatement to say that the pandemic has been the greatest challenge that uh, many of us have faced in our lives. Um, it's impacted everybody worldwide and it's certainly disrupted lives. But for me, it's fundamentally changed you know, how we work and the routines that we built up over the last you know, 30 years. And what I've seen is that when companies are tested like this in a time of stress, you really get a good sense of the foundation of the company. Um, it tests your values and principles. It t- tests the capabilities and processes that you put in place. And most importantly, it tests you know your people. And as I said, over the last five years, we've invested to build a stronger company, and that's really paying off uh, during this pandemic. Is there anything that
1: um, stands out that um, you can think about maybe lessons learned or I know that, you know, ConAgra has just been an important part of our country's, you know, habits and eating in the last year. So it'd be anything that stands out that might be either a lesson or something that might Change the way you think about the company and running the company in the future?
2: So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of um, paths you can go with that. And, you know, one comes to mind is uh, in situations like this, you have to be guided by, you know, fundamental principles. And at the start of the pandemic, um, as a company, we articulated that we were going to focus first and foremost on the health and safety of our um, employees. We also wanted to continue to build and and leverage the culture that we built that was based on collaboration and connectedness and that we had to be agile. And as I think of each one of those, um, you know, the first one, you know, we've invested to make our manufacturing plants and office locations healthy and safe. Um, That's the fundamental concern that Uh, employees have, and that's at the top of our list. And we've learned through that process, um, you know, implementing things like temperature taking, certainly reconfiguring our physical spaces for social distancing, being custom to wearing masks, um, and really investing in extensive cleaning and those things to make the physical environments that our employees work in day in and day out. Um, safe. And we're an essential service. You know, we provide food to America and our frontline workers have done a tremendous job meeting just an unprecedented level of demand that is sustained over the last nine months. Um, I think the second point is, you know, how do you maintain um, the culture, the business performance in, a, in an environment like this? And We built our company on the principles of collaboration and connectedness, but we've certainly had to change um, our cadence because we rely very heavily on um, meeting and collaborating in person. Uh, For senior leaders, functional leaders and people that lead teams, you know, typically we would meet weekly. You know, we're meeting daily to assess new data, address issues and really set daily goals to deal with the situations that arise every single day. Innovation has been a cornerstone of our company, and a lot of companies, you know, uh, have had to make a decision whether to accelerate or step back from innovation. And our approach has been to continue our momentum and to continue to invest in innovation. And we've had to change how we've done that. You know, one of our pr- practices is to meet weekly uh, with the senior leaders, uh, the brand leaders, R&D, to review innovation. You know, that's a collaborative in-person process. We look at food. We talk about the proposition. Um, we really value that conversation among people. When you're in a situation that you can't meet in person, we've had to adapt. So we've, we've shipped um, in what we call innovation kits, kits to people's homes, You know, we spend a week preparing the products ourselves, evaluating with our our family, and then getting together and talking about those online. We've also had to change how we interact with our customers. You know, we can't interact in person, so we've done that virtually. You know, we've looked at YouTube Tasty videos, and we've presented our innovation in that type of format to demonstrate to our customers how you prepare our innovation and what it looks like when it's complete. And that's been highly effective. You know, our market shares have continued to increase, our innovation continues, and we continue to build our pipeline. Then the last thing I'd say is just around agility. You know, I know I won't get the quote of this right, but something to the effect that everybody has a plan when they step into the ring until they get punched in the nose. Well, we've learned to wake up every morning to the unexpected. And we're a solution-oriented company and our people have done a phenomenal job um, solving problems and, and really providing that essential service of feeding America. A lot of organizations,
1: I think, were so focused in the second quarter and early third quarter just getting product out the door that, and there was a whole sense of like retailers, you know, lit, reducing assortment just to create capacity. Did you go through that cycle, and 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 what have you um, learned about innovation? And what has changed in the last you know year versus prior years?
2: You guys have provided an incredible benefit to our business, um, not just on an certainly on an ongoing basis, but through this period of time. Uh, you know, we flipped our entire SNOP process um, to be based on real time data. We essentially threw out our process and we we said, it's no longer relevant in the environment that we've been in. And the granularity and the frequency of the data that we've been able to, um, that you guys have provided has helped us immensely in terms of our production planning, being able to supply this demand in a more effective way. You know, so I really appreciate what the team has done to help us with agility. Um, uh, through this process. Our theme is to try and be one step
1: ahead of folks like yourself so that we're bringing ideas.
2: You know, we all had to assess how to supply um, this unprecedented level surge and sustained level of demand. And uh, certainly some of the decisions we've made have were to scale back um, our assortment on uh, what we would consider more the tertiary SKUs. But as a company, um, we believe that growth is rooted in, in building household penetration. It's about attracting new buyers. And innovation is a key way that you attract people to your brands. And we believe that growth and our success has been rooted in developing great tasting superior products, superior food that are infused with modern attributes and distinctly presented in provocative ways. And as we looked at it, we felt like it was important to continue that strategy and to execute our uh, innovation plan that we had set in place and to continue to build our pipeline. And as we look back, I think that strategy to invest in innovation is really paying off, uh, particularly among millennials who are now trying our brands and our products for the very first time. You know, what we've seen is that the pandemic has generated a level of high quality trial that, quite honestly, would have taken years and hundreds of millions of dollars to achieve. And as a result, you know, we see our trial and household penetration rates grow, particularly among millennials. And that's been really substantial. And we believe that a good reason for that has been the innovation that we have put out in the marketplace that millennials are discovering the quality convenience and value of frozen food Uh, they're discovering our brands and products um, and they're really pleased with with what they've seen Um, they've discovered that they can make restaurant quality food at home uh, using many of our brands and we believe that having our innovation in market during this period of time has been a tremendous benefit and one of the reasons why our sales and share continue to grow.
1: Yeah, it was very, um, you know, I think back to the second quarter and one of the, you just hit on a point that we spent a lot of time thinking about was just the unprecedented trial that our clients were achieving in the second quarter. And then. You made it a pretty big priority, if I remember, in your second quarter earnings call about this notion of just unprecedented trial of new buyers and and the um, and that it was going to be a, a new KPI or a very important KPI retention of these new buyers. Um, and you've done very well at it, I must say. So congratulations. Um, any um, insights into? what those new buyers were looking for and what some of those innovations, some of the learnings of the of the millennial consumer since you've had such success there? Uh,
2: yes, yeah, certainly. So let me use uh, frozen meals as an example. You know, probably five years ago, many people in the industry thought that frozen food was off trend. You know, through innovation, we have reinvigorated the entire category. Um, I think the category's grown by half a billion dollars over the last five years, and we've represented nearly all of that growth. And it's happened. Um, the problem really wasn't around um, frozen food. The problem five years ago was it was the food wasn't that great. So we went on a on a journey to upgrade the quality to modernize and premiumize our brands, upgrade the quality of the food and infuse those with the modern product attributes that millennials are looking for. And we've done that. And what we've seen is and I'll use a personal um, example. You know, I've got a, I've got two sons that are in their mid 20s. Uh, they grew up eating in fast, casual restaurants, experiencing you know, um, international and ethnic cuisines, and quite honestly, you know, doing it, you know, on our on our budget. Well, now that they're out on their own, you know, and at home, uh, they go down to our refrigerator or our freezer, and my son came up and said, "What is this?" And it was a Healthy Choice Power Bowl. And I think I have a, a example here you know, these are, these are the type of products that they are accustomed to eating out. They're um, uh, great varieties. Um, they're packaged in a provocative way and sustainable package. They're, uh, you know, contemporary ingredients, uh, modern recipes. And his feedback to me was, wow, this is the type of food that I eat out at I didn't know it existed. And then the next question is, well, how much does it cost? Well, the fact of the matter is it's less than half the price of eating out. So our experience has been that, you know, millennials have been relatively late in forming families. Uh, They lag in terms of at-home meal preparation. The pandemic has um, increased the at-home eating and they've now discovered the quality, convenience, and value of frozen food. And they believe that they can enjoy the type of food that they were accustomed to eating, but now doing it at home.
1: You're seeing um, that across multiple uh, attributes in, uh, in the frozen category?
2: One of the great advantages of ConAgra is that we have an incredibly broad portfolio. Yep. We have a leader in better-for-you uh, meals with healthy choice, we have mainstream, indulgent brands like Banquet and Marie Callender. We have a great range of international cuisines with P.F. Chang's, Bertoli, Frontera. We have a, a brand in Birdseye that delivers great all-family meals at incredible quality and value. So we have a broad portfolio that's resonating with, you know, America is all of America is eating at home. And one of the things that has been really interesting is the growth of our PF Chang's brand. Um, People are accustomed to eating uh, Asian food out. What they now have discovered is they can have the quality, convenience and value of restaurant quality meals at home. And our PF Chang's line of uh, multi-serve meals has grown phenomenally. And the same could be said about our our P.F. Chang's uh, sauces that you make, you know, complete meals from home. So we've seen growth across our entire portfolio. Um, And one of the things I thought was particularly interesting was just the growth of our P.F. Chang's brand, because I think it's indicative that people can recognize that they can have that restaurant quality experience uh, at home at a great value.
1: How do you track, measure or? build understanding of like the stickiness so now you've had you know a lot of innovation a lot of trial um, and as you look into this year which hopefully you know for all of our sake you know the end of the year will look very different than the beginning of the year um as hopefully you know the vaccine you know takes root in the in the country and you know by the end of the year people are safer so how do you how are you thinking about either new innovations or like maintaining the consumers or maintaining that momentum um, that it sounds like has been been, you know, a cornerstone of your success in the last year?
2: Well, we we believe, you know, our job is to understand consumer behavior and really mine the insights. And we believe that we've developed an innovation approach. That is timeless, that allows us to assess consumer behavior um, very quickly. And it really fuels our innovation agenda. So, you know, we've seen uh, based on the innovation that we've done in the past that we've recruited a ton of new households. We're generating tremendous trial, but importantly, the depth of repeat has been really, really strong. And that's an indication that new be- behaviors are being formed. So with that, you know, we are accelerating our innovation work. Um, We see tremendous growth in areas like plant-based proteins, vegetable nutrition, anything that's better for you. And then on the other end of the spectrum, food that is protein centric, food that delivers bold and indulgent flavors are all areas that um, that we think are on trend that will be sustainable. And the great thing about ConAgra is we have a wide, a very broad portfolio of brands and we have extensive capabilities that we can attack those demand spaces in a multi-pronged approach. And probably the whole plant-based area is a, you know, is a good area of that. And, you know, Gardein, we have Gardein, which is one of the leading brands in plant-based um, protein. You know, we innovated and came out uh, with an, Uh, a really phenomenal plant-based burger, ultimate burger that we launched um, last spring uh, that has done phenomenally well. So we continue to innovate in the base Gardein. But we also have taken that plant-based protein and we've infused that into our, um, uh, what I would call legacy brands. So we're making Healthy Choice Power Bowls with Gardein plant-based protein. We're making Marie Callender pot pies with Garden plant-based protein. So that's an area that we're able to take, you know, plant-based and infuse those modern attributes into large um, brands uh, that are certainly on trend. We've also taken that and expanded into other categories. So we launched a line of garden plant-based soups that have done tremendously well uh, that we just launched here in the fall. Uh, We've extended Gardene in the plant-based jerky, which is a fast-growing category segment in uh, protein-based snacks. So that's just an example of understanding the consumer trends based on consumer behavior, uh, informing our innovation slate, and then creatively executing that across our broad range of of brands um, for market impact.
1: It sounds like they're right on trend for not just last year, but for the years to come?
2: People are going through a period of discovery. Uh, they're discovering new products that they didn't know that existed. And our philosophy is that when they're curious and when they're exploring, we want to show up and we want to stand out. And probably what we've seen during the pandemic has been the acceleration of e-com. And this is another area that we believe will sustain growth. You know, e-commerce uh, for food has accelerated. The adoption of that has accelerated several years. And yeah. for many consumers, going online <laughs> is the first place they go for product information and in, in ratings. And we've invested tremendously to build our e-commerce platform, uh, to have our brands show up online. And we want our brands to be ready for purchase, whether that's on uh, online retailers or traditional grocers that are executing, you know, an online grocery pickup or delivery. So that's another area that we've invested in. And what we've seen is that once people get in the routine of buying products, I think the number we use is after eight purchases, that becomes a basket that gets ordered time and time again. So you think about, can these behaviors be sustained You know, those people that are ordering online that have a standard basket that's ordered time and time again. You know, we want our products to show up in that basket and we've invested to make sure that they do. Uh, Our growth in e-commerce continues to outpace the overall industry and has for over the last year. And uh, as we go forward, we're going to be making more and more investments into e-com and the digital world.
1: And how has the retail, the your retail partners evolved over the last through the pandemic? Because I was gonna, you know, it's interesting you brought up e-commerce because we've also been. What we've seen is that loyalty in the channel is ten to fifteen percent higher than um, than in store, right? And it makes sense, right, between the subscription models and the lack. You know, you're just not walking down an aisle the physical environment of a store and so um so that loyalty and being you know the first you know effectively cat prod you know brand in the category um is pretty powerful so i think that you just said that but you see are there any other insights on how the retail partners have <clears throat> responded to the innovation or evolved through the you know the year and into next year
2: Well, certainly, I think uh, there's a couple different things. Um, First, we've demonstrated on our portfolio that innovation can drive category performance. And we have a multi-year track record of success in demonstrating that. So retailers want to sustain growth and they view that innovation is a way to sustain growth. I think the point that you brought up uh, earlier is one about assortment. So I think what's changed is we have taken a step back, recognizing the elevated level of demand, looked at our existing SKUs, looked at the innovation that we want to launch, and we're working with our retail partners to reset the assortment for the future versus trying to rebuild it based on what it was in the past. By doing that, uh, we've identified tertiary SKUs that we will be proactively discontinuing to make room for innovation as well as more facings on the best-selling items. So very tactically, every retailer has um, uh, looked at what should the assortment be going forward and we've been proactive in managing that assortment to sustain growth as well as to make room for innovation. I think the second piece is, um, is retailers and you're in the business of data, um, now have r- incredible consumer purchase data, and they are um, they are an avenue to reach consumers. And uh, we continue to look at our our investments across the broad range of opportunities to invest our brand building dollars. And increasingly, we see that investing in retailer f- platforms, that advertise to consumers, where consumers go for search, where they go for purchase, is an incredibly high ROI and strategically aligned with our customers. So we're looking at how we invest our money with our retail partners to be able to drive uh, that sustained level of purchase. And then the third thing I would say is, you know, retailers want to retain the buyers that have come into their store. And one of the benefits of ConAgra is the breadth of our portfolio gives us an ability to to really build programs that um, retailers get behind because they believe, um, and the data shows that we can bring people into the store through our brands. So we're working collaboratively with our retail partners on um, marketing initiatives These aren't the traditional, you know, um, tactics that you think of of the past. These are very sophisticated ways of uh, winning more households. That's how brands and businesses grow, are by winning more households. And we are working with our partner to, um, you know, retain those households, build those households in the category. And when they go in the category, have the best assortment on shelf uh, that will maximize sales.
1: Yeah, no, I smiled along the way because that was actually going to be my my uh, next question, which you beat me to. Which is, I think, you know, retailers had that same new buyer explosion that happened to the manufacturers in, in Conagra, and it's in, it was just interesting to hear you describe the um, the focus on retail media and retail data, and then their, and helping them. Um, effectively retain the new buyers that that they've had as as you know consumers have visited less and bought bigger baskets. Do you see a trend towards them getting more sophisticated at segmenting their consumers and using some of the same skills effectively that that Conagra's had probably for 10-15 for years around really understanding generational dynamics and 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 you know how to find you know for me it's always been like they have, this 20, have a twenty set of consumers that are going to be high value for them and then you have a set of consumers and that win win is when you're you're helping drive both and whether you've seen an evol- you know kind of an evolution in the sophistication of the retailer community
2: uh, certainly uh, data is king and it's becoming more and more sophisticated you can measure things. Quickly, you can assess, impact, ROI. And at the end of the day, we want to invest to generate both sales growth and a high ROI, and that's aligned with our customers. You know, I think a lot of the legacy, legacy things are difficult to do physically in a store. Uh, promote products cross-category, merchandise things. You know, it's very difficult to do that cross-categories and execute that well broadly. But the digital world gives you an unbelievably robust and easy way to um, identify consumers, deliver personalized, relevant messages, and 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 um, offers that um, that cross categories that really speak to the household. So, you know, we're in the early innings of this. Um, But we certainly see our investments. We're reconfiguring our investments from the legacy approaches to the modern approaches. And we believe the proof in the pudding is our in-market results. We continue to grow faster than our categories and build share.
1: It'd be interesting to hear an example of of what something that you've done in their digital or where you're starting to see, you know, the old cross-sell of like bundling and the stories seem to be more um, real um, today. And also maybe some thoughts on how you're reconfiguring, you know, allocation of of resources, investments, um, and what you see maybe in the future a little bit on that.
2: For us, uh, we're a company that is committed to driving innovation, you know, winning an in innovation is a challenging, um, is challenging, uh, getting trial, well, getting awareness, getting trial, um, is really difficult. We set a goal to generate, have a renewal rate of 15%, essentially 15% of our sales from products introduced in the last three years. You know our renewal rate is consistently higher than that. And I think that's an indication that one kind of the quality of the innovation that we've done. But second, to address your question, we work with our retailers to advertise. I use the word advertise, you know, broadly. Yeah. Advertise innovation. And whether it's in bird's eye, where you have traditional Vegetables, where we've come out with um, a new platform have uh, it here. I stole it from my freezer. You know, one of the consumer trends we saw was vegetables being used as an appetizer. So we, we developed a product of cauliflower wings that are um, essentially that. This is, happens to be garlic, parmesan, but we have several other flavors. You know, those value-added innovations Um, are really provocative and they drive growth. And we work with our retailer in terms of launching those products, not only to get the products on shelf, but once they're on shelf, how do they stand out? And every single retailer has a different approach. And we've customized our investments to work with the retailer on the vehicles that generate the highest, um, that work best for them and best for us. So I would say the example is you know, we work really hard with our retail partners um, through their media vehicles to in their digital assets to drive the awareness and trial of innovation.
1: The uh, switching topics a little bit, um, how have, has the world has transformed from physical to virtual and back to maybe your sales team and the teams that work with retailers. How has that changed um, how they operate and how they, they work together?
2: Sure. Well, everything is virtual. Uh, there are very few in-person meetings, but the business continues. Um, both the retailers and ourselves are providing an essential service of, of Feeding America, and, and we're working very collaboratively uh, to do that. I'd say in the near term, it's really about making sure that there's uh, supply. You know, with this unprecedented surge in demand, the sustained level, um, you know we work really hard to make sure that we can supply. I mean I'd say a lot of our conversations, you know over the last several months is making sure that um, the surety of supply, what's the right assortment, Uh, it's very tactical, but very necessary. Uh, the second piece is, and I hate to keep going back to innovation, but that's, that's what we do is, uh, innovation and, you know, the, what we've done very successfully has been to enroll our retailers in our innovation. It's been a process from inception of the ideas to the execution of the final product. Well, we're not able to do that in person like we did before. So we've done that virtually. And one of the things I mentioned earlier was, you know, we took inspiration from YouTube tasty videos. And we said, you know, while we can't be there in person, there are very compelling, provocative, interesting ways to demonstrate Mm -hmm. the concept, the preparation, and the final product of our innovation. And we have pivoted from recognizing we can't be in person to how do we show up in our customers' offices with the best visual or virtual meeting that they're going to have that week. And that has been our focus, is to engage people using technology, doing it virtually, um, and then just taking using the tools that are available. And uh, we've had great uh, feedback from that. Our customers are incredibly excited about the new uh, slate of innovation that we have for 2021. And despite the challenge of not being able to meet in person, uh, we're not missing a beat when it comes to uh, getting that innovation uh, developed, presented and then ultimately in store. Can I steal that quote maybe? That
1: was a really good one. I like the notion of being your best virtual experience of the week. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's provocative, right? Because it sets a tone, right? Because we're all, you know, have what? 40, 30 to 50 virtual meetings a week. So, and I often say that one of the challenges is sometimes at least when, you know, we'd come see you, right? We'd go over to the merchandise mart and you'd have a physical experience that would go along with the meeting. Now. Uh, You know, every meeting, I look at the same three pictures of my kids over the the monitor and everybody's on a little square. And so I think the notion of memorability in this virtual environment is really powerful. So I I really like that one. And bringing the tools of modern video and things to um, to even partner meetings and supply and sales meetings.
2: It's uh, you know, we 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 typically have our chefs be part of our experience to really, we're a company that's about uh, a passion for food and progressive selling. And we've been able to capture that, albeit in a different form. And um, so we haven't lowered our standards. uh, We've just figured out, you know, effective ways to get that done.
1: Yeah. And I mean, in some ways for there's an efficiency of the virtual world. If you can capture the imagination, which it sounds like has been what you've been balancing because you can have, you can be in three places on the same day that you just couldn't do um, in a physical world.
2: That's right. So we, uh, we normally have a national sales meeting uh, this time of the year, you know, we're doing that virtually as well. And um, you know, there's, You know, what I've really come to appreciate is the creativity and passion of people. And um, that's really been impressive. Everybody has faced challenges in their personal lives, uh, their professional lives, balancing those demands, but still having a, a, a passion for the work that we do.
1: Well, I can't think of a better way to wrap up than the um, the notion of the creativity and passion of people. So, um, um, so I just want to say thanks for the time. I thought it was a fascinating conversation. And I think the takeaways of um, the org, you know, ConAgra is focused on innovation and bringing joy to consumers through that innovation and working with its partners to do so, Um at least for me, will resonate from our conversation today, so.
2: Well, thanks for the opportunity. You know, it's certainly disrupted everybody's lives, but um, I also believe that it's been a period of discovery and rediscovery. And I think through this, people have discovered um, great products and great brands. And ultimately, um, that's a very satisfying experience. John, any... um thoughts on our close.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much, Tom and Andrew. I mean, that was really terrific. Some really insightful takeaways, you know, rooted in the foundational and unwavering commitment to innovation for consumers, for retailers, and for your company. Congratulations, Tom, to you and ConAgra. Really, really exceptional performance. So thank you. For our viewers and listeners, I want to recap a few of the key takeaways that I gleaned from the conversation. Tom, you talked about the continued success driven by several core principles, employees first and preserving your culture despite a challenging virtual world. You talked about the importance of collaboration and connectedness, agility and speed of action and decision-making. You obviously talked quite a bit about your continued relentless focus on innovation, retooling creatively for virtual and striving to deliver the best virtual experience possible when a traditional face-to-face meeting is simply not possible. Such creative approaches as sending innovation kits packed with the latest test products to your team's home to support your now virtual meetings. And then extending this creativity to how you collaborate with your retail partners. All of this was wrapped up in the mantra of waking up to the unexpected and then finding solutions to tackle those problems and ultimately feed America. You talked about innovation and it being essential to building out sustainable brands and simultaneously tapping into new consumers and unprecedented trial rates as consumers shift behaviors, preferences, and ultimately the way they shop. You talked about collaboration and innovation with your retail partners, proactively looking at innovation efforts and traditional assortment strategies to partner with retailers to create a new product set for future growth. Tapping into the incredibly powerful loyalty data retailers have today at their disposal to better understand consumers and embrace and leverage new insights to drive trip expansion. And then building collaborative, sophisticated marketing programs with retailers to not only retain existing customers, but also build new customers. You spoke about the ongoing investment in marketing and the important role it plays in supporting your innovation efforts. Next gen digital, SEO optimization, the e commerce experience in omnichannel, as well as traditional vehicles, and the need to progress from legacy models and thinking to next gen modern agile approaches. Your focus on e commerce and fully embracing the omnichannel world has certainly paid off as ConAgra's e-com growth continues to outpace the industry and other players across multiple categories and sectors. Finally, you talked about the tremendous resiliency and passion the ConAgra team has demonstrated throughout the pandemic, seeming to deftly manage personal, professional, and world challenges. I suspect, Tom, that your leadership and support and that of your fellow ConAgra leadership colleagues has really a lot to do with this. So to sum it up, a powerful and rich conversation and insight I know our audience will appreciate. For our listeners and viewers, this recorded conversation will be available at our website, www.iriworldwide.com. We hope you'll take the opportunity to review our other thought leadership, including valuable reports and a dashboard of economic indicators. Thanks so much, Tom and Andrew, and wishing everybody a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.